0: Welcome to Darlene's So Future Podcast. I'm Darlene Chu Bryant, Executive Director of Global SF. Global SF is convening a conference on California's place in the new global economy this April. In an effort to get ahead of the wave of new economic realities affecting California, we are convening the public and private sectors to discuss trends and develop actionable policy recommendations for federal, state, and local government leaders. Visit. GlobalSF.biz, and sign up for our newsletter to stay looped in on the conversation. Thanks. Hello, how are you? My name is Darlene Chu Bryant. I am the executive director of Global SF, and welcome to Darlene's podcast, the So Future Podcast um today of course i am joined by my colleague uh, dr bruce pickering the senior advisor on policy for global sf but we have two very important guests today who are going to talk to us about supply and value chain uh first we have wolfgang Lemeka, he was formerly with the world economic forum and he was the director of supply chain and transport industries at the at the World Economic Forum. And also, we are joined by Hans Gallant. He is the CEO and co-founder of Holistics, a uh, transportation startup uh, also focused clearly on logistics. So today, we are talking about value chain, supply chain, logistics, uh, clearly international. We're definitely going to uh, touch on um, local logistics in California as well. Um, So let's start with Hans. You want to start with something on a local level or introduce yourself. And then we'll ask Wolfgang to introduce himself. And then we can start the conversation or it will lead to it anyway.
1: Sure, wonderful. Thank you, Darlene. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here with uh, Wolfgang and you and uh, Bruce, of course. Um, So we are building a digital first trucking company. we are using uh, the latest of digitization but also optimization technology to power um, owner-operator drivers. So these are full truckload drivers, typically known as drive-and drivers, um, who will um, contract with us uh, as independent contractors and get access to our technology. This is technology that typically is only available today for large Fleet owners, so large trucking companies. We're making that available to independent contractors, and um, at the same time, we work with large enterprise shippers. So these are large retailers, um, uh, large importers, um, or you know, just anyone, um, at large manufacturers in, in the supply chain who needs to move uh, freight. Um, and um, so, in a nutshell, we you know we are taking uh, Silicon Valley technology to a part of the economy that in the past has just not adopted or has not been exposed enough to um, this technology.
0: Good, Wolfgang, I want to hear from you.
1: Darlene, uh,
2: great being here. And uh, yeah, fantastic to have that discussion with Bruce uh, and, and Hans on uh, global value chains, supply chain, supply chain networks, whatever you want to call it. I'm working uh, primarily with uh, people who want to make a change in the system. So that includes international organizations, large corporates, but also uh, startups. Um, And uh, yeah, what uh, is at the heart of of my interest is supply chain innovation. In fact, Uh, uh, things uh, like what Hans talked about, uh, but there is much more out. And uh, my life is around, projects, uh, workshops, uh, articles, writing articles, thought pieces uh, about the hottest topics uh, like the Suez Canal blockage, for example, or vaccine distribution.
3: So can I ask a question? I'd love to start this off. A, you know, I, And I recognize all, all politics in many ways, all eco- economic activities local, but clearly when you're looking at a global supply chain, it's not. And one of the questions I have just got to put it out there how resilient is the global supply chain we've gotten so used to being able to buy inexpensive goods from china inexpensive uh you know agricultural products from latin america inexpensive you know chocolate from belgium actually belgian chocolate isn't inexpensive but you know what i mean everything's kind of possible to get something from anywhere just going to your local supermarket but is this in fact uh, sustainable because it seems to me now we're looking at a realization that potentially we we've been actually enjoying ourselves a little a little more on the edge than we realized.
0: And coupled by yours and then we run into this the the issue at the Suez Canal, right, where you actually have uh, a cargo ship being stuck in the canal and I don't I, I don't know what how big of an impact that was on uh, supply chain, global supply chain for that matter.
2: Yeah, if I may may jump in. Uh, Bruce, you you framed uh... It, uh, it in a good way. Um, we got spoiled kind of by global supply chains. And uh, sometimes I get the impression when we spoke, speak about uh, the uh, resiliency and the performance of global supply chains that we forget that what we have today was not there 10 years or 20 years ago. Uh, that has gradually been built, uh, as you rightly say. Uh, consumers get used to uh, receive goods they order online within 30 minutes, and uh, behind that is a is a global supply chain. Just let that sink in. Or we have extremely sophisticated products. Uh, where parts can only be produced in certain factories spread across the world, uh, these create enormous complexities. On, on the other side, I believe that uh, supply chains are extremely uh, resilient, uh, so I'm making always the point in those discussions that uh, it's not as bad as we think, and uh, the Suez Canal, for example, is, is uh, showing that again the goods will arrive they will arrive a bit late and there are for sure uh, customer supply chains uh, I'm speaking about cargo owners uh, that are fragile but overall the system is is very resilient that's what I believe
1: I, I, I would echo that it's resilient but I would disagree with the statement that it is sustainable I think sustainable not necessarily from an environmental perspective so traditionally, I think the way resiliency has been built in into supply chain is by buffers, right? So look at the food supply chain. 50% of the food in the supply chain gets wasted. Now, is that waste in the traditional sense that sense that it rots? Actually, not necessarily. It's there to make sure that you know, the remaining 50% that arrive on consumers' tables are actually arriving on time. So it's, it's wasteful, but it's wasteful for resiliency's sake. Is it sustainable? It is not sustainable because it is, it is, you know, it is going to waste. I think what, what we uh, can leverage today in terms of uh, communication technology, uh, increasingly uh, also the capabilities of better risk modeling uh, through you know, advanced computational methodologies, machine learning, artificial intelligence, is that we get a better, better grasp of uncertainties and risks and can be more nuanced in how much buffer we put into the supply chain. So that, I think that's one of the opportunities to make it more sustainable without sacrificing resiliency. And that's really the interesting part where we are in, uh, in in logistics today and trucking is that we can, through better risk modeling, we can actually make make the logistics piece of it much more uh, efficient and much more sustainable.
3: How is California done in this? I mean, I, I, first of all. Could you give us a brief descriptor? You guys are both experts in this. I'm curious how California factors into the global supply chain. It's the fifth or sixth largest economy in the in the world. If it were separated out from the United States, it's a leader in innovation. It's actually a leader in manufacturing too, although that's not how we usually think of ourselves. But uh, how does it factor in? Are we a part of the bottleneck? Are we part of the solution? I mean, uh, you know, we have, you know, are we are we central? Or are we peripheral?
2: Uh, You're part of the system, right, Bruce? Uh, The supply chain is a global network of local networks and uh, California is a local network. And uh, another way of looking at the supply chain is to say that uh, the supply chain is the economy. And because the economy is a supply chain, it delivers what we need and what we want to have. So when you're saying that, and which is correct, that uh, California is one of the leading economies in the world, uh, in its own right, uh, it plays an important role in the supply chain. Is California the problem or the solution um, is, is difficult to answer. Uh, it has a very good brand reputation. Uh, it uh, comes up with uh, a lot of innovation. Um, it has a huge manufacturing base and, and factories. It cannot be that bad. Um, I think uh, from the outside, um, California is uh, uh, a good place to be, from my
1: perspective.
3: Hans, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think the the innovation piece is certainly the the opportunity um, for Northern California, California very clearly. Um, the you know the whole trend of supply chain digitization and advanced analytics uh, certainly has a uh, Forty in, in in the Bay Area, and that's where we can shine. Um, Southern California very strong on the port and, and and the physical movement of things. Where it gets kind of interesting is how how income gets distributed across these different functions, because you know you see a you know, huge amount of income concentration in the um, in the, in the t- technically advanced parts of the economy, but when you look at um, you know, the Central Valley, the logistics corridor in the Central Valley, or if you look into the Inland Empire, uh, the income structure is very different. And and one thing that we are very concerned about is how do you actually build some equity here? How do you build some equity that income gets redistributed um, from, from the technology sector to the parts uh, in, in, in these uh, inland areas that I mentioned? And I think that's one of the big Uh, Economic sustainability question marks that's out there. Um, The call is out there for California to prove that how to do that.
2: Yeah, if if I build on that, what uh, Hans just said, and uh, uh, there there were a few interesting bits. The one is digitization. The other is talent. Uh, These are two major factors. The third is probably the environmentally conscious approach. Uh, All these are the most important themes uh, in in economy and uh, societal discussions today. And uh, also Hans mentioned the the ports and uh, some people may may immediately see these pictures of congested ports of the West Coast, Uh, but I think that's not a California challenge. It is uh, a industry uh, problem that the industry is not digitized enough on a global scale and uh, for that reason uh, it's not as synchronized as it should be. Um, we are lacking visibility and it's a, in particular a place like California that can help the industry to produce the products and to get better Maybe I have a bit of a, of a too rosy view on California but, uh, I think that uh, California is a great contributor to the, to the whole play. And uh, in addition to what I said before, we should not forget that uh, uh, usually prosperous regions, they have built their prosperity on the back of a global system and i think that california has done a great job in tapping into the global resources uh designed in california but made somewhere else <laughs> and sold all over the world uh to uh fuel its wealth
0: so so, so I, I think are... that that's, that's really insightful, uh, Hans, what you and Wolfgang have been sharing. And we've been talking a lot about the supply side, right? From a, hey, what is logical? And we're talking about the cost, right? Um, that is cheaper to be made overseas and then delivered to the customer. But the thing is that when you talk about sustainability, right, uh, with the pandemic that impacted the supply chain, at the same time, you also have, you know, when you talk about, for example, income, distribution of income, where you have now uh, uh, consumers, particularly now in California, because since now California is still the fifth largest economy in the world, um, what about the supply chain that is dictated by consumers, right? When you, when you have consumers who are asking and demanding social impact, um, right? Uh, demanding that they're buying uh, locally instead of, you know, from internationally, if they can source it at, that at a more sustainable uh, re- if a place, you know, how is that gonna impact the global supply chain, so to speak, or how we view it? That's a loaded question. I'm sorry.
1: But... <laughs> I think it's a really interesting question because I think that's traditionally um, uh, argued to be one of the strong suits of California. I would provocatively state that you cannot apply this to all Californians. Mm. I think there's there's an ivory tower that believes in that, but there's also a very large proportion of the population who may not be able to think or afford to behave that way. Um, and I, get, and I think that goes back to the topic of equity and what role companies like us, um, a technology startup, venture funded in the Bay Area should have um, in, in this global value chain. So I'll give you an example. I need to answer every day, why am I in the Bay Area? Right. As a founder, I can afford to be in the Bay Area. I can have my chief scientist in the Bay Area. I can have my co-founders in the Bay Area. We have our software engineers are not in California anymore. Our software engineers are overseas because we can get better productivity, lower wages in outside of California. Um, we can our drivers, the people who we actually want to empower, the uh, trucking company owners, the fleet owners are not in California for legal reasons. We are then outside of um, uh, you know the tradition. They're outside of the traditional. Uh, West Coast states because the regulatory environment doesn't allow us to empower them the way we want to. So at the end of the day, we end up in a highly polarized uh, value chain where the high income earners are in California. The people who actually need to be empowered in the Central Valley and the Inland Empire are not going to get empowered by the technology. The people in the Midwest currently are, and the people overseas who are developing our technology are. So, you know, to to Wolfgang's point, we are really good at leveraging the global value chain but we are not very good at bringing that value home and, and, and spreading it amongst our people in California.
3: This is really interesting because to me, what Hans, what you've identified here, uh, and it's a, I'd love to hear a little more about this, is there's a link, which I had never considered before, between international trade, the supply chains, and, Income inequality, which we all know is one of the really critical issues, not just in California, but across the United States, but it's just particularly prevalent in the United States and California because the, the coast is you know, far, far richer than most of the country and the inland parts of our state are probably in line with some of the par- states that have economically been somewhat left behind. I'd love to hear what you think about that.
1: I, I think I can elaborate a little bit more on the dilemma we face, right? That gives you maybe a more um, real-life example. So um, our business model works with 1099 trucking companies and 1099 drivers. Um, it's a model that has existed in trucking for decades, if not centuries. Um, in fact, you know, most of the trucking companies at the LA port are independent owner-operators. There's 13,000 of them. Um, and their own businesses that work under a carrier or multiple carriers who have um, a trucking company license. So this model has been around for, for a long time, um, but with the advent of the gig economy it has been um, um, you know penalized by legislative attempts to, to restrict um, independent contracting. Um, as a result of that, we are not, uh, I was, you know, most of the big trucking companies have moved out, moved out of California. Um, we have not launched our operations uh, in California for that reason, even though it would be highly beneficial for trucking entrepreneurs, and there's many of them at the moment, to 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 use the latest technology. It would be highly beneficial, and it, they could make significantly more money. But we're not not deploying it here. Yeah, let me get to.
2: Uh, get back, get back to uh, the, Darlene's question, and uh, yes, that that's a a very uh, let's say deep discussion Hans and Bruce you are having on on income. Um, I would put it more on affordability and use that angle also to uh, explain how global supply chains are shaped, because we are thinking very often often in uh, bilateral relationships means California with China, um, designed in California made in China consumed in California, but that's not how global supply chains work. Uh, Because that assumption uh, that also would mean that the prices are the same everywhere. Right? So but they are not, they are built on affordability, in fact, and uh, so to to sell Uh, the same product in, let's say, Cambodia, Vietnam, Indonesia, India, uh, Italy, and California, uh, you have to have, in fact, a very low cost point. And that means that I have to concentrate uh, production and play on on the scale uh, side. Uh, which also means I cannot fragment the supply chain and California produces for California, Italy for Italy, Cambodia uh, for Cambodia, China for China, that, that's not how it works. And that's the reason why the supply chains are what they are. Meaning, meaning that um, we benefit from the scale effect, from concentrating it and bringing it back to California where wages are very, very high, uh, we would create a little bit of a disaster because nobody would be able to, to buy the products which have been designed in California anymore, right? So, because the clusters where you can produce these low cost or lower cost or, uh, even sophisticated products at lower cost, they have evolved over decades, in fact, 10, 20 years. And they can also not be simply removed. Uh, So I'm just highlighting the the challenges about, uh, um, which are, are linked to moving supply chains. We move ecosystems and We have spread out supply chains, we have concentrated supply chains in a way that, in fact, everybody in the world, including California, can afford these products.
0: Okay, with that, I think we are out of time for today's segment, but you know what? Very provocative, we talked about cost, we talked about affordability, digitization, optimization, Um, And, you know, supply chain is not as easy as we think it is. It's not purely about uh, logistics. So with that, I wanted to say, stay tuned. We are launching the new Global Economy Conference coming up August, uh, uh, sorry, not August, April 21st. So stay tuned for more information. uh, Please sign up and uh, visit us on our website, globalsf.biz. And until then, we'll see you next time. Have a good day. Thank you for joining us. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to our newsletter to listen every Friday to a new episode of So Future Podcast. You can also subscribe to Darlene's So Future Podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us on social media or email us at info at globalsf.biz. We will see you again next Friday. Bye-bye.